As I said, Jesus was not only a friend to his disciples. He was so much more than that. He was a teacher. He was a prophet. He was a good man. He was an example. But even more than that, Jesus was their hope. Jesus was their hope. You could see it by the way that they had given up everything to follow him for three years of his ministry. They had experienced amazing things. They had seen Jesus dismantle the political and religious authorities of the day with his wit and his wisdom and his knowledge of Scripture. They got to see Jesus heal people of all types of disabilities, whether it be blindness or lameness or leprosy. They even got to experience Jesus healing a dead man and bringing him back to life. Jesus was not only a friend, he was their hope in the coming kingdom. He was the key that was to unlock this kingdom of God to which they had been waiting for thousands and thousands and thousands of years. And now that key, that king, that hope was dead. And they were absolutely devastated. Among those most devastated was Mary Magdalene. We're going to read her story today. If you would open up to John chapter 20. In the Red Bible, it's page 906. John chapter 20, page 906 in the Red Bible. And let's walk through this Easter morning with Mary. Let's see what her experience was like. John chapter 20. We'll start with verse 1 through 16. Now on the first day of the week, which is Sunday, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb early, while it was still dark, and saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. So she ran and went to Simon Peter and the other disciples, the one whom Jesus loved, and said to them, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they have laid him. So Peter went out with the other disciples, and they were going towards the tomb. Both of them were running together, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. And stopping to look in, he saw the linen cloths lying there, but he did not go in. Then Simon Peter came following him and went into the tomb. He saw the linen cloths lying there, and the face cloth which had been on Jesus' head, not lying with the linen cloth, but folded up in a place by itself. Then the other disciples, who had reached the tomb first, also went in, and he saw and believed. For as yet they did not understand the scripture, that he must rise from the dead. Then the disciples went back to their homes. But Mary stood, weeping outside the tomb. And as she wept, she stood to look into the tomb. And she saw two angels in white sitting where the body of Jesus had lain, one at the head and one at the feet. They said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, They have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. Let's pray. God, as we consider this Easter weekend, Lord, let us be reminded of the weight of what happened over 2,000 years ago, God, at the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Pray that we would be transformed, that you would become our great joy this day. 
In Christ's name, amen. As I had mentioned, among those most devastated by Jesus' crucifixion would have been Mary Magdalene. We first encounter Mary Magdalene. She, has, she is possessed with demons, with seven demons, which the word seven means that it was totally possession. It, she was full of demonic possession. You could imagine what a life like that would be, couldn't you? It would be very lonely, very painful, very distracted, very difficult. Maybe you can relate to that. But that was the life that Mary had until she encountered Jesus. When Jesus had come, Jesus cast out those demons and he gave Mary back her life as a human being. And not only did he give her life, he also gave her his love. And not only did he give her his love, but he also gave her hope. But now her hope is dead. Jesus is dead. She would have been crushed. She was one of the most devoted followers of Jesus. We see it especially in this Easter weekend as she follows Jesus to the cross to take care of his needs. As she stands at a distance, watches him give up his spirit and die. And as she even waits around the cross to follow Joseph to the tomb to know where Jesus is buried. And then three days later, she comes early in the morning, even before the sun rose, to come and anoint Jesus and embalm him and put spices on him. And so she was a devoted follower of Jesus. Her life had been transformed by him. He gave her great hope, but now he was dead. Her hope was dead, and she was devastated. But only for three days. And then her devastation turned into all-surpassing joy. Look with me, if you would, in verse 14. Let's continue this story. Having said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing, but she did not know what it was that it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? Supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned around and said to him in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. In the midst of the devastation, Mary was weeping uncontrollably. And through the tears, a gardener comes along and she doesn't know who it is. And he comes to her and he says the most magical word. He says, Mary. He calls her by name. And evidently, there is no one else in the entire world that called her name in that way. It reminds me of when I was growing up. I was involved in a lot of different sports, football, soccer, baseball, rugby. And in all of those sports, there were times where you were kind of the person and people were cheering for you, whether you were the pitcher and it was a full count or whether you were the field goal kicker, which I was, and you're kicking a field goal or at the free throw line in basketball, and people would say, come on, Dan, you can do it, Dan. Let's go, Dan. You can do it. And all those voices would blur together, except for two, right? All those voices would blur together, except for the voice of my mom and my dad. They weren't louder than the rest, but they said my name in a way that I knew it was them. Come on, Dan, let's go. Let's go, Dan. 
They called me by name. I knew who they were by the way they cheered me on. With one whisper of her name, Mary not only knew who she was talking to, but Mary's devastation turned into joy. With one whisper of her name, her dead Lord turned into a living Lord. With one whisper of her name, her dead Savior turned into a living Savior. Her dead hope turned into a living hope. In John chapter 10, 10 10 chapters prior to this in the book, Jesus calls himself the good shepherd. And in describing himself, he says this. He says, the good shepherd calls his own sheep by name. And his sheep follow him because they know his voice. Do you know this good shepherd? Have you heard the good shepherd call your name? Maybe not audibly, but in the depths of your heart. Have you heard God call you to himself? We call this effectual calling, that he calls you, that he reveals his grace and his love and his mercy to you. He reveals to you that Jesus is indeed alive. You see, this resurrection hope and joy is not only for Mary, it's also for you and me. Let's continue in the passage. Verse 17, read along with me if you would. Verse 17, John 20. Jesus said to her, Do not cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. But go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord. Tim Keller, in talking about this, points out something very interesting. Jesus says to Mary, do not cling to me. Do not cling to me. What what does that mean? Well, as you see that word in the Greek and you kind of translate in different ways, it's kind of like Jesus is saying, okay, Mary, you're hugging me too tight, right? Or, Or kind of like, all right, Mary, it's time to quit hugging now. You know, have you ever had that person, a long hugger? You know, they just keep hugging you and you're like, all right, time to stop hugging. Mary wanted to hug Jesus and never let him go. She wanted to impress him into her. I don't know if you remember this, uh, when maybe you had a girlfriend or a boyfriend or dating or fiance. I remember for Trish and I, when we were dating, we would hug each other and say, we can't hug each other enough, right? Like you can't get close enough. You want to hug so hard that you become a mesh that your hearts and your souls touch. And you want to be one with one another. You want to be united Jesus says to Mary, quit hugging me because this is not the closest you will get to me. I must ascend. I must go away for you to be even closer to me. What Jesus is saying to Mary is this. If you want to get close to me, you're going to have to let me go. See, if you're here today, if you are a follower of Jesus Christ, if you trust that Jesus died for your sins, if you trust that on the third day he rose again and that he ascended into heaven, you at this point, right now, in this very second, is closer to Jesus than when Mary was clinging to him. You are closer to Jesus right now, today, than when Mary was holding on to him. You see, when Jesus ascended to heaven, he not only went up, but he also came down. He not only went up, he also came down. He went and he sits at the right hand of the Father. But in return, he sent his Spirit. He sent his Holy Spirit so that Jesus 
could be closer to you than me than even a hug would be. He is united to us. He is immersed in us. He is in our heart and in our soul, in the depth of our being. And this is a great joy. You know, I was reminded later we're going to sing a song in celebration, a song called Happy Day. And I believe it was about two weeks ago, I was at the funeral for Joy's Simpson's mom. And they described this phrase to me, happy day. And I was even asking Joy about it earlier before the service. And what her mom meant by this word happy day is that it was an unexpected surprise. So she would give these unexpected surprises to her children, to her grandchildren, and they would call that day happy day. This right here is the happiest of all days, the unexpected joy that our hope is not dead, that our Savior is not dead, but that he has risen from the dead and he is alive. It is a happy day. Let's pray. God, we praise you that we do not worship a dead prophet. We cannot go to a grave like other religions and say, this is where our great teacher is buried, because he is not buried. The grave is empty. He has risen from the dead. He is alive at the right hand of the Father, and his spirit dwells within us. We are united to him. We are closer to him than a hug. We forget it often. Pray that you would remind us of this great reality and that we would be overjoyed at this happy day of God's salvation. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen.